Welcome to the Make a Dent podcast. Our goal is to make disciples, be a safe space where truth meets love, and meet people where they are at so they can make a difference at their schools, with their friends, and with anyone they meet. We often sterilize church so much that we think God is only in our local church buildings. Mm-hmm. And that's not at all accurate. If everything is meaningless and like academics don't fulfill you or friends don't fulfill you or like shopping or like everything that you guys are saying, then like, what's the point of trying? We are guaranteed nothing in this world. So what are we going to do about it? How we make a den is about make sure you live your life in a way that makes a life worth living. I think it's easy for... in church to be a place of truth where we're all following the standard or trying to follow God and the standard he set for us. But sometimes we miss the mark of doing it in love. Leaders and cultures and churches, I didn't want to get into the mess. They wanted those who were the pure and they wanted the others to clean themselves up, wash themselves, get themselves white as snow, and then they'd be presentable for church. And honestly speaking, we've kind of, I don't see that in scripture. I don't see that in the gospel. And that's what made me fall in love with Jesus first was the community because I saw in flesh what it meant to be a follower of Jesus and the power that he has in the gospel has in other people's lives. So we want ISM to be a place for people who are lost, people who are in the mud, people who are feeling like, no, I'm too far for God. I'm too much of a project. We want those people because we don't believe we can change you, but we do and our core believe the power of Christ can transform you. On today's episode, we'll be listening to the message given on Wednesday night at Youth Group. Hope you guys enjoy. All right. Hi, guys. My name is Maddie. I'm one of the adult leaders here at ISM. I'm so excited to be here tonight. You guys are super fun. Oh, thanks. Cool, but sometimes I come to middle school and I preach to you guys. And you guys know that I actually have a lot of fun preaching to you guys because you guys are super fun. So tonight is the start of a brand new series, which is really, really exciting. So we just finished a series. It was called The Man. And The Man was who? Jesus. Starting a series. It's called More than words. And so what this series, basically what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going through something called the Sermon on the Mount. And what the Sermon on the Mount is, it's a teaching of Jesus. It's like I'm standing up here, I'm giving a sermon. It's what Jesus did. So in that sermon, he says a lot of things, but all the things he says are good. But in this series, we're going to talk about how do we take the words and turn them into actions. If you have your physical Bible, I don't think there's many of us that do, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. It's one of the Gospels. It's the first book in the New Testament, chapter 5. We're starting in verse 1, and we're going to go all the way to verse 12. So I'm going to do a couple of pauses. So before I start, actually, the Sermon on the Mount, it's does anyone know like what the Constitution is? What the Bill of Rights is? Yeah? Okay, well, I hope more hands slowly come up eventually. What's the point? It's basically, yeah, go for it. Yeah, it's history. As those documents kind of lay out what the United States of America is going to look like, how we're going to function, all the different parts of the government. So that's kind of what the Sermon on the Mount is, except 
for the kingdom of God, which is super crazy. Tonight's message is really awesome and really fun. The passage we're going through, can I get everyone's attention? We're going through the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, it's like, I think it's 10 verses. And what it talks about is the word Beatitude, it basically means happy statements of happiness, of good fortune, of joy, of feeling greatly blessed. But I'm going to read these statements and you're going to look at me and be like, how is this a statement of joy? How is this a statement of happiness? So we're going to turn there. Five verse one. So it says, one day Jesus saw the crowds gathering. He went up to the mountainside and sat down. His, his disciples gathered around him and he began to teach. So there's a big crowd. When teachers taught back in those days, instead of standing up like I'm standing up and you're sitting down, they would sit down and everyone else would stand up. So that's what's going on. So then Jesus starts talking. He said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So it's saying, God blesses you if you are poor. Verse four, God blesses those who mourn. So God blesses and finds goodness in those who are sad, those who are hurting, those who are grieving, those who feel like they've lost something or someone, and he comforts them. It says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. So when you're humble, you don't think highly of yourself. God blesses that. Verse six, it says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. Does anyone know what justice means? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Uh, justice means like, Making something like fair yeah. and making sure it's right. Making it right, yeah. So it says God blesses those who want justice, for they will be satisfied. So mercy is understanding. Mercy is kind it's kind of like humility. It's understanding that you're not enough. Not in like a self-deprecating line of way, but having mercy on someone is showing them like kindness, showing them space, realizing they're only human. And it says, if you show mercy to others, God will bless you with mercy, which is interesting. Verse eight, it says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Does anyone know what pure means for something to be pure? Yeah, go for it. Uh, holy? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, part of pure is being holy, yes. Uh, perfected? Yeah. Something pure is something perfect, blameless, without a spot. So picture like you just like cleaned your sheets. I, you're, I don't know if you clean your sheets, but you just put your brand new white sheets on your bed. You probably don't. I do. It's terrible. No hair on it. I don't want to also know. There's nothing on it. Your sheets are, they're clean. They're pure. There's nothing wrong with them. And then it says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God work for peace. Does anyone love to like start fights? Yes. The opposite of that for those who work for peace means to not start fights with people, to not be controversial, to not, I don't know, throw people under the bus. If you work for peace, you will be called a children of God. Verse 10, it says, God blesses, listen to this one, those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. To be persecuted means to be wrongly treated 
for something that you stand for. So Jesus is saying, those who are persecuted for the faith, they will, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Verse 11, it says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Jesus saying, if you're poor, if you're mourning, if you're sad, if you put others before yourself, if you're pure, if you're peaceful, if you're persecuted, if you're mocked, if you're made fun of, that is what he blesses. That is kind of an intimidating message. This is not me saying, if you follow Jesus and you are not these things, that nothing is going to happen to you. But Jesus is being very clear and he's laying out, just like I said earlier in the United States, like we have those documents that lay out what we are as a country. Jesus is laying out, this is what my kingdom looks like. This is what the people who follow me are like. So it's up, and I'm gonna, it's called an upside down kingdom. That's how some people refer to. So we usually think the people on the very top are blessed how we think about it in, I mean, in our society. The people with money, great jobs, great looking, really cute pets, great outfits, they are blessed. And the people on the bottom are not. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying the opposite. He's saying those who are poor, those who are struggling, you are blessed. I see you. That (laughs) makes no sense, right? Like, I, I mean, I don't think about it like that. So, does anyone, has anyone ever heard the saying, like, be your best self, do what makes you happy, treat yourself, yeah? Where it's all about me. How do I make myself feel good? And I am exactly like that. If I am hungry, if I am tired, if I have a headache, if I am cold, if I am hot, if my feet hurt, if my, you will know. Like, I will probably tell you. Why? Because I want to be comfortable. Because I don't want to suffer. I don't want to be poor. <laughs> I work my job so that I can make money and I, I, I can live in hell. But God, Jesus flips it. I don't enjoy being sad. Like, I mean, I'll be open with you guys. Last night, I got a phone call from my dad. So my dad moved here from the U, uh, he used to live in the UK and England. And he moved here 24 years ago, 25 years ago. And he called me last night and his parents still live there. My grandparents and my aunt and uncles and stuff still live there. He called me last night and he said, hey, like I'm flying to England um, and we have to go meet with the doctors because there's something wrong with my grandmother. And for me, in that moment of mourning, I thought it was mourning with sadness. I was sad because I don't know what's wrong with my grandmother. She lives really, really far. And I literally have to fly like eight or nine hours to go see her in case something's like happens. But in that moment, I wanted to do anything to relieve me of that sadness. But God says in that he blesses it and he comforts us. And it was interesting that that happened last night because it reminded me of this message. And we can find joy. Joy means being happy. It's happiness that's not built on a circumstance. We can have that in really hard things. 
but that only comes from Jesus. Because I don't know about you, but like when I see something really sad on the news, no part of me is like happy. Sometimes I ask God the question, like, why, why did that happen? <laughs> why did like what what was the purpose of that? Like that makes me so sad. But in that moment, even me having the heart to ask God why and seeing all the the wrong that's in this world, God sees that and He comforts me. He doesn't, He's not always just gonna take my pain away and make it better, but He sees me and He comforts me and He looks at me, and He's like, you know what? This isn't gonna last forever. You believe in Jesus. You're gonna go to heaven one day and there's gonna be no more sadness, no more hurting, no more anger, no more bitterness, none of that. But this is temporary, but it still happens and it's sad. And my main point for tonight is it's, it's interesting. I, I kind of took the Beatitudes and made my own. Blessed is the one who has a need for Jesus. And this is not like, never will I ever come on stage and like ever shame you for where you're at in your walk. You may not know Jesus, you may barely know him. But these Beatitudes are saying, blessed is the one who needs God who knows that life isn't enough without him because then all of a sudden our eyes are switched and we start realizing like why we question I don't know I ask a lot of why questions and when we follow God there are so many times where something happens and I'm like why and actually so many times God doesn't give me an answer but he shows me some good that comes from it. Um, trying to think of something simple. Um, for example, growing up, my parents got divorced when I was growing up, which was not fun, not good, not great. And it wasn't until I started helping in church that I realized that God was making something that was really, really hard actually really, really good. Because then if any of you guys ever come up to me, you're like, hey, like my parents aren't together anymore. Like I can look at you and be like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like that is so hard and I can't make your pain feel better but I know what you're going through see like God took something bad and he made it good so I want to walk through the Beatitudes and reshape our thinking because they're they're super negative it's saying if you're poor if you're sad if you're being mocked if people make fun of you because you're a Christian because of the way you look like that those aren't great things Unfortunately, there are th these are things that are going to happen, but God makes promises after them. So it says, when we are poor or think we don't have enough or we aren't enough, we realize that God is all we need. When we are sad, when we mourn, we've lost someone, God will be there for us. If you don't know, like uh, one of the names of God is that he's our, he's like the great counselor. He's the great comforter. And I don't know if you've ever, boys, I don't know if you cry, but I don't know if you've ever like, just, I don't know, been really, really, really sad. <laughs> boys are like, like, I don't cry. That's for girls. I know you cry. If you're ever really, really, really sad, you know that often you're like, I feel a little bit better. That is, and then you, and maybe you go back to it and just say, or repeat. Like my encouragement and what I actually have been having to do is like, when I'm really, really, really upset, I cry. 
I take a deep breath. I get some water. I'm very dehydrated, lots of tears. And then what I do is I sit there and pray. And I'm like, Lord, I am so sad. Like, I am so sad right now. And I would do anything to not be sad. But I, I don't know. I Sometimes I picture, like, God just kind of sitting next to me and putting his arm around me and comforting me. Oh, I just stopped now. Okay, continue. When we are humble. So when we're gentle, when we're not aggressive, when we think of others more than ourselves and treat others the way we want to be treated, God sees that and he loves that. He blesses that because that's good because that's how he wants us to be. And I could go on and on and on and on and on. But what I want you to take from this message, two things. One, the idea of the upside down kingdom. Picture a triangle. Do you see it? In our culture, we see the people on the top as the luckiest people, the best people. In God's kingdom, it's flipped. The people on the bottom, the people, people, the people that others see as lesser than, as not okay, as weird, God says that they are good. They are on top. It's a flip triangle. Those in the bottom in God's kingdom are on top. And the last thing I want you to take away is, I mean, it's our main point, but I'm going to read a verse because I, I could say all these things. You're like, oh, that's super cool. Why would I live a really terrible, terrible life and be really, really sad? And what's the point? Why do I do it? Because the, uh, the gospel, God created the heavens and the earth. He created man and woman. We know that Adam and Eve sinned. Sin entered the world. Brokenness, heartbreak, devastation, death, destruction. I mean, hurricanes, earthquakes, all of that entered. And then he sent his son, Jesus, who we're reading about and learning about, who lived a perfect life. And then after 33 years, he was killed, crucified on a cross, and he rose again. And the reason he rose again is because... He's going back to the right hand of the Father, which is back up to heaven, which is what we get to have, which is eternal life. So as you're going through your day-to-day, asking, why am I suffering? What is the point of this? God, I am so tired of this. Remind yourself of Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 21. It says, don't store up your treasures, meaning don't put all your eggs in the basket of being here on earth. Don't Put, don't put all your hope in what earth is going to provide and what this life is going to give you. Where moths eat them and rust destroys, basically where they go to waste, where they turn into dust, into nothing. And where thieves break in and steal them. Store your treasure, your hope, your life, your heart in, the, in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there is the desires of your hearts will also be. Blessed is the one who has a need for Jesus. So I'm going to challenge you. We're about to go into small groups. Our series is called Be More Than Words. Do you right now have a need for Jesus? When things are hard, when you feel like you're at the very bottom and you're not going to get back up, do you know that he's there? The answer probably will be yes or no. 
but do you have a need for Jesus? And I want you to spend time in your small groups talking about how you want things to change because my encouragement, I am 22, which may be really old to some of you guys. I have tried all the things. I have excelled in academics. I've had the relationships. I've done the sports. I got married. I have tried to have a perfect family life. I've tried to have the perfect looks. I've tried everything and nothing has made me satisfied except following Jesus. And I realize every day that I have a need for him. And so I want to encourage you. This is not coming from like a place of guilt or shame. But I want you to ask yourself, do you feel like you need Jesus right now? Is there a place in your heart where you're like, you know what? I don't have this all together. And yes, I need Jesus. So with that, I'm going to pray. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions, get in contact with us. Check out the links below for our social media pages. DM us, message us, tag us in things, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.